0: Welcome back to TBM Backstage, a podcast about all things nerdy. We had so much fun during season one that we've decided to come back for another season. Season two officially starts on March 3rd. So look out for that on all your favorite podcast platforms and on YouTube. But today we have something super special for you and a little, shall we say, naughty. (gasps) So, free warning we're going to be getting down and dirty with Shakespearean language this will not be for the faint of heart. So let's get down to it.
1: All right. So Shakespeare is known as one of the best authors of all time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His words inspire great armies to march to victory. Young lovers profess their love and give voice to the entire gamut of human emotion. Oh yeah, baby. As a playwright in Elizabethan England, he wrote not only for the world's and wealthy. Multi- in the posh seats but also for the folks in the cheap seats right the ones in the back without the cushions yeah we love those or the ones on the flower and the groundling area we love those even more
2: the ones that were standing yep absolutely
0: (laughs) one of his more endearing don't know that that's the right word abilities was to write the raunch Shakespeare liked the flowery bits the sonnets the words of love and poetry and everything but he really knew how to sling together the dirty words and phrases.
2: So many dick jokes in Shakespeare. So,
0: so many. many dick jokes.
1: <laughs> and we said dick already. Woo!
0: <laughs> now, any <laughs> high schooler could probably point these out, and they did in school. I don't know about y'all, but in my classes, it was like, hee hee, they said boob, or, or something like that. Um, but today we're going to talk about some of our favorite smutty words and
1: lines. All right, so first off, how would you guys define raunchy, racy, dirty during Elizabethan times? I mean, yeah, there was probably brothels, there was probably all that sort of stuff. But you know, when Lee and I were first talking about this episode or what to do, we, it kind of reminded me, particularly of like Disney. Disney's very good, and a lot of Pixar, a lot of stuff like that, are good at are, you know telling children's stories, but they also sneak in stuff that the adults are like. hey, <laughs> So, I mean, was Shakespeare kind of like that? Was, like, raunch out in the open? Or during Elizabeth times, or was it more and more and more hush-hush? What are y'all's thoughts on that?
3: Well, I mean, you know, Shakespeare had to walk the line, didn't he? You know, because he's performing for not only the the lower class, but the upper class as well, and we've already said. So, so in, in, like... Disney, where they they make it, the jokes are, are only known by the people that are old enough to know, you know, right. the, the, like the kids are not going to get the jokes, but the adults will, and then it comes off, you know, uh, the same way with Shakespeare, the, the common people are going to get, or they're going to get the jokes. And, you know, maybe the, maybe the royalty will, maybe it won't, it doesn't matter, but it's, it's done tastefully in, in that we're not coming out and saying exactly what it is, but we're, we're giving it more of a metaphor.
1: Do you think that they were like more, like during that time, do you think that they were more, if they, like, if it was known that they were like, let's say publishing smut or something like that, I mean, was that like a crime? Was that criminal? Do you think that, that there was maybe that hush-hush or I don't know?
2: I, I mean, keep in mind, prostitution was not, there weren't really laws. I mean, there were, yeah. there were moralities right. play, but there weren't really laws. Like, I mean, for example, a, a Lord who was having multiple affairs on his spouse was extremely common. Right. Um, right. So it's, it's not like sex was a hidden thing. I mean, you didn't have television, you didn't have internet, you didn't have, you know, uh, Snapchat, you basically had you know the uh rather the somewhat attractive widow next door,
3: you had to go um, find it in the street, yeah, right. Well,
1: so yeah, it's,
2: yeah, I mean, there, there was a lot of, I mean, the church played a, a huge part in the times, and of course, the church, as we all know, the religious overview was you know, uh, chastity, purity, uh, virtue, but I mean, you're only in church. How many hours a day? How many hours a week? At those times, depending on you know what kind of access you had, and, and of course you, um, uh, anyway. Thought well, a lot of- at,
3: at the same yeah. time, at the same time. So just prior to Elizabeth taking over, okay, uh, you know Henry just went through what wives, yeah. right? Uh, I mean, Thanks. you know he he ostracized but
2: any yeah. number of lovers as well, right? And, and, and <laughs> who
3: knows, right? Um, so so there was this whole feeling I mean well the monarchy's doing it mm-hmm. why 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 are
2: he was we he was queuing up he was queuing up his next wife while Absolutely. his current wife was yep. still around <laughs> Yep that's true so,
0: Yep that's true and we also have, to also have to take into account that um the the, the men of the cloth and everything were also having sex on a regular basis right i mean you have uh, one of the popes and i and i am really i do not know which one but uh, he was a borgia borgia and he had children he was supposed to not he's supposed to be a man of the cloth he's um, yeah. so but he had many children
2: <laughs> some of the some of the most virtuous men were part of the clergy and some of the most impure vile men were part of the clergy like some of the most the biggest corruption yeah. and the biggest virtue yeah. were part of the church i mean they, yeah. the biggest gamut by far
1: so, and they like their dirty just as much so do. why do you think then that shakespeare or do you think this was a way of describing smutty raunchy sort of stuff that he just didn't come out and say uh with his well i guess he kind of did there was different meanings his prick right not dick uh-huh. <laughs> I, I think
2: it's because yeah. you have because you have an audience who you're you're he's writing for the audience that's paying him, of course. So he's writing right. for the he's giving right. the the people who gave him money, the show that they asked for or a show and the thing that they would enjoy um, featuring higher class people like they are because they, they see themselves in the play or, or right. people they know, etc. But he's also performing for the masses who right. can't read, don't understand the historical references, aren't educated in any way but, and I say this with, you know, quote unquote, love in my heart, everyone gets a dick joke, right? I mean, it's, um, and also keep in mind the words, the the text is one thing. So much of it is based on performance because there's a huge difference between the line being, Oh my, what a large dagger, my Lord performed as, Oh, what a large dagger, my Lord. And Oh, what a large dagger, my Lord. I mean, there's, so there's a lot of it interpreted so in a lot of ways the level of raunch if you will is really more based on the performance than the actual words but of course the text is just rife with there's just it's so fertile for the dick jokes they're they're popping out of the ground if you will so
3: if you if you utilize the 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 jokes that are already written into the script and Mm -hmm. and you and you capitalize on on you know what you can do with it with staging then Ben, it's a a beautiful thing when it all comes together.
0: (laughs) I find it interesting (laughs) that Shakespeare was a man of being able to write the lofty, posh stuff that doesn't offend a queen, but at the same time could make someone in the groundling area guffaw uh, because they got a particular joke or anything. And it's very interesting to me that today what you really hear about mostly is the the artiste of Shakespeare and everything and they kind of they they elevate him to a level of where he's just uh, beyond that and and I think it's unfair because a lot of his works and I've seen a a lot of Shakespeare plays across the years and everything that where they tried to like play down the jokes and stuff like that the the raunchy bits and it just didn't seem to work but then i came to the baron's men and we embraced the ranch um uh sometimes we can we do it very subtly sometimes it's it's you in the face with a horse (laughs) kind of jokes and stuff like that so to speak right
2: like
1: thinking of something else but we won't say that i said horse i said horse yes um but (laughs)
0: <laughs> it makes sense because i've heard so many people come and see it uh see our show sit there and go did you guys do anything different with the language did you clean it up or anything and we're like no they're like but i understood everything so you can't and the only th- thing that we do different here is that we actually play the jokes we actually keep the jokes and everything. And I think
2: that- And we we learn the jokes, right? I mean, we we do our research and we try to figure out, okay, I'm reading these words, what the heck does this mean? And you go research, you figure it out. It's like, oh my God, that's a joke about a venereal disease. Well by all means, wow. let's play yeah. that. Right.
1: <laughs> I love, no. And I think it's so true. That was like doing loves Woo, loves was dirty. When you read yeah, like funny. what some of the stuff meant, I was like, Oh, wow. you will say it too. Yeah. And but, I mean, it was, it was, it was well distributed. <laughs>
3: you have to think about it. Okay. So, so Shakespeare in his time, what is he doing? He is like you said, he's playing to the masses, you know, his, his success in life, overall depends on the popularity of his shows you know the acceptance of his shows you know whether or not the queen likes it or not I, i mean either way the queen can be swayed you know and and if the overwhelming you know response is guffaw because of these jokes right then then and he's a success there's many other playwrights in that time that are way raunchier than Shakespeare I mean oh, way yeah. raunchier
1: like
2: wow way raunchier <laughs> I
1: have a quick question for both of you guys um who wrote a ma- uh, chase made in Cheapside? oh god was it Johnson <laughs> Middleton oh, yeah, I think oh, Middleton. it was Thomas I
2: think it was Thomas Middleton
1: Thomas yeah. Middleton yeah now, if I remember correctly that was pretty
3: Listen in researching okay. that in researching that play right there um you know they had a whole system of affairs happening throughout london okay and and that's that's that's, what so that's how the characters were connected
2: about. that's that's i mean exactly. that was the interplay right
3: exactly and and it was not uncommon for a man who who was married to a woman because of her her dowry who you know maybe they had an attraction maybe they didn't but but okay suffice it to say that they they you know decided they didn't they weren't attracted anymore she would take a lover or he would take a lover and as long as they were still together you know well, maybe maybe somebody else is satisfying my wife, and I don't have to, and that's a that's a certain kind of freedom. Yeah. That's if I walk in the door and that. she,
2: if I walk in the door and she stops yelling at me, I don't care Absolutely. what it took. I'm happy that it's happening.
3: She's so. in a great mood most of the time. Great. I don't good. have to do anything. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's and the I mean, whole point of Chase I love. May. It. I love it. I think Sorry. a comment. It's also a comment on the times and stuff like that. Not necessarily Chase made, but. And this is probably a topic for a lot. another uh for a different podcast and everything but that it was common for men to publicly have affairs and mistresses oh, and uh, and like a, a royal mistresses of record and stuff like that i mean there's several times um where you have louis mm, the 15th or the 16th who uh madame de pompadour was his royal mistress and she was best friends with his queen oh
3: yeah the french took it to a whole different level yeah so it was <laughs> it's very interesting
0: but they just the did. queen could not have the same it because was, she was expected to produce
2: the royal heir right so she they couldn't yeah. take a chance that she would give birth to another man's baby yeah. Yeah,
0: but they, it obviously it happened obviously
2: clearly clearly, clearly
0: it happened in there because yeah. they were all i'm i'm coming to learn that you know, elizabethans were just a bunch of horny teenagers
2: well, they didn't have TV. I mean, oh, <laughs> <so. that's true. laughs> Yeah, there's no there's no iPhone to play your games on. So, you know,
3: what else I mean, there's no porn for you
1: Tuesday to watch night. online. Well, right. What was the what was the TV? It was the peephole.
2: <laughs> yeah, the, the keyhole uh, out the window through the wall. Yes.
1: <laughs> um. All right. So, so kind of reeling it back into uh, the Bard himself. Uh, we wanted to kind of ask you guys about double entendres first. Can you define double entendre for our viewers and listeners? What is it? What would you say a, a double entendre is? Um, well, I mean, uh,
2: at its basic level, it's a f- word or phrase that when when it's you say it one way, but it actually has a double meaning. So right. it can be again, my what a large dagger you have, my what a large dagger you have. That's right. a, essentially a double entendre. So you can interpret it either way. Can be interpreted multiple ways.
1: Awesome! Now that we have that other way, so we are going to ask. I'm uh, Lee, and I are both going to uh, read some pretty, I know, fun double entendres, famous double entendres, and you guys tell us what. What I do you think? You this was a
2: quiz. God, I, I hope I know what these mean.
0: <laughs> no, I'll read. Um, if you will. don't know who some who said some of these and what they mean. Um, I'm gonna take you out back and yeah, beat like, you and not turn, the fun kind. Turn I, in your I, I theater card. Now.
1: Pulled up now. It's
0: fine.
3: I'm good. gonna
1: tell you who said it, but I you have to okay. okay. So first one up. Oh, Aaron, because you have played this character. Yes. It's much ado. And it's Benedict. 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 Uh, <laughs> I will live. <laughs> I will live in thy heart, die in thy lap, and be buried in his eyes. What does that mean?
2: Well, uh the most obvious answer to that question, and this is what I thought when we were getting to that to rehearsing that scene is live in your heart, which is the love aspect of the relationship, die in your lap, that is, you know, the, the little death, death by orgasm. Right. Etc. I mean that's that's the most obvious um interpretation of that line. Mm-hmm. What was the end of it again? I, I just I stopped at lap. What, so. okay. the rest of that? Should... Yeah.
1: Stopped at lap. And buried in thy in thy eyes. <gasps>
2: Buried in the eyes I think that's probably in my first my first thought is um that is the ideal image of how you are seen or perceived right that has to do with the perception of you know romantic love versus you know se- sexual mm-hmm. love.
0: Shakespeare really liked that whole reference to the lady's lap
1: well yeah uh, because
0: he also did it in in Hamlet where Hamlet mm-hmm. uh tells of Asaphelia, shall I lie my sh- shall I lie in your lap um, and he, it was well, totally meant to be like right.
2: well I mean there's a lot of ways you can play something like that like like she's reclining and he is you know laying and just resting his head in her lap and they were you know pitching woo with each other or you know each other's confidant etc but you know there's obviously the very the very um, behind closed doors naughty hilarious. version of
1: yes all right Lee you're up okay.
0: next. number two and I am not going to tell you what show this is from and who said it because if you don't get this I am going oh, to be Your card's going to be yanked by my life. This is my lady's hand. These be her very C's, her U's and her T's and thus makes her great
2: peace. That would be that would be Malvolio reading the letter right. from Twelfth Night. Thank yeah, you very yeah. much. I have I had fond occasion to play that part and say those words many many times. Oh yes. Um, just on a side note, on a non raunchy side note, um, I can think of nothing more embarrassing than actually having words spelled out like letters in in a row in your lines, and then getting those letters in the wrong order as you're rehearsing and saying them wrong, and it's like wait, yes, her great round U's. Wait, no, her great wait. <laughs> hold on, the P and this. Which was the anyway? So, um, so wow. the l- lot of interpretations there too. Um, my oh, my yeah. thought, my thought of those were, were of course um, the letters were the um, substitutions for the parts of the female anatomy, right? So, and, and you can take your pick, and they're uh, largely inter- interchangeable. Not saying the pieces of the anatomy are interchangeable, but you know, <laughs> I mean, they <laughs> can be s- uh, many things, many things.
1: Great. Laura, why are you not yeah. commenting on uh, I mean, it? I'm because I'm busy laughing.
3: That's great. Fantastic. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, All right. uh, she's,
2: she's Googling and her internet's too slow.
3: It's possible. That it is possible. We can almost
2: see it in your glasses, just FYI. You
0: right. <laughs> can literally pick any one of Shakespeare's plays and everything, but when Jackie, and I just realized when we we're looking at this and I was like, oh, wow. Okay. We really like this play because <laughs> there's several, uh, from 12th
1: night. Oh yeah. Well, I'm trying to think all over the
3: place. All over the place.
1: If I remember correctly, cause I was just, when I saw this one too, I mean, it's definitely a, I'm Googling. <laughs> it was definitely like a uh, dirtier
0: one and a more referenced one because well, it's there's... more. Kind There's so many interpretations
3: of Toth Knight. I mean, you can take it, you can yeah. take it sexually, you can take it straight, you can take mm-hmm. it, you know, in many, well, many different ways. Especially
2: with Malvolia, which is kind of the, the oh, yeah. interpretation we had of that. Yeah. Malvolia was not a sexually aware creature. I mean, he was very repressed <laughs> right. and He was very proper. Um And for him to say words like that, I mean, that is, uh, that is essentially like, you know, the little boy going, I'm going to go look at a playboy. I don't know what I'm looking at it for, but I know this is dirty and he, he, I'm sneaking at something. Right. So, yeah, yeah. so that's, that's kind of how we interpret it, but I mean, yeah. you could, could just be a a, a great latch too. So it, you know, again, performance he, is such a part of it.
3: Well, he's a person that is, he's a person that is trying to rise above his station. Also, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's another thing that um, I think you know, sexual language and sex itself, it transcends classes. You know, you see yeah. that the whole, the whole stable boy in thing Shakespeare yep. as well, <laughs> and not just Shakespeare but all of them. Yeah, man, you can't, uh, you can't be a good stable boy.
0: But right.
3: I mean, that's, that's a, that's a thing that was very prevalent. <laughs> I mean, you can, but he may not appreciate it anyway. <laughs>
1: <laughs> or he would, maybe. It needs to be a, or
3: maybe he likes it. I don't know. Anyway.
1: It needs to be a, a story title, Ye Old Stable Boy.
3: Ye <laughs> Old Stable Boy. I think
1: Chaucer wrote that.
3: <laughs> I'm pretty sure he did. Anyway.
1: Because, well, like, yeah, so basically he's saying vagina. <laughs> uh, well, yes, in, in the parts of the vagina specifically. Yes.
0: <laughs> All right, in the next There's one.
3: There's so much interpretation to that whole phrase. So it's many. like. Wait, we go in okay, fifteen <laughs> different directions, like. I mean, so, sure what someone, do they I'm call sure... it when
0: it's not a double entendre? It's like a double, double entendre. There's, there's like triple, four different
1: meetings. There's triple or quadruple <laughs> entendre. I'm
2: sure several master's theses were
1: written just on that.
2: <laughs> letter alone.
1: Yep, I'm absolutely. sure they're listening now, going, "Oh God." Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right, so this next one, okay, I won't tell. Well, she kind of already told you, but you, anyways. Let's see here. I didn't do this one I think Lee chose this one and okay yeah how to okay and thou let part so Sir Andrew would thou mightst now ne- let <laughs> see if I can read it right and thou let part so Sir Andrew would thou midst never draw sword again what I don't know you know what that means that was some horrible butchery. I've never read that so line. I up. guess this is one that needs a little bit of context. Yeah, I think it's um, this okay. was at the
0: very beginning of the so play, that, and everything. said Andrew? Where... Andrew
2: Aguecheek, right in Twelfth Night, still.
0: Well, yeah. it's Toby Belch talking, yeah. to talking Andrew about Andrew, Andrew yeah. mm-hmm. and he's and uh, Aguecheek had just been talking about uh, drinking too much and not being able to yep.
2: never draw a sword again. That oh my is my first. Up. Thought. I mean, yep. that's not basically
1: what Porter. they were talking about. It's yeah. like the Porter in Macbeth. When he talks about when you drink too much, yep. you basically yes. like whiskey dick. Whiskey
2: dick. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I've I've heard such things can happen, you know, I've you know, in fiction. Good answer. Good
0: answer have. <laughs> um, this next one has a very special place in my heart because in the same production that Aaron got to play Malvolio, I got to play Mariah, who was his <laughs> one of his tormentors, his chief tormentor to be uh honestly
2: Mariah, the real villain of Twelfth Night in my opinion.
0: I know, and that's how I played her, but everybody was like, you gave her personality and made her and the uh, like...
2: She was such an evil villain <laughs> Oh, so she evil. was
0: so, it was great So evil <laughs> um, But at the very beginning, and this is poor Aggie Cheek, he was always such the butt of jokes <laughs> for this play except for when Malvolio was <laughs> um, But Mariah says, I pray you bring your hand to the buttery bar and let it drink now, when I started with Baron's Men, this was like my third production with TBM. And I really was not up on the, the hip language of Shakespeare at the time, like what the, what the in-jokes were. So it was actually Aaron who told me what this meant. <laughs> and I was like, oh my goodness, I could say a dirty joke mm mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> and it's been a lot of years i can't remember the analogy that i use but essentially it's yeah you know hands can't drink right so you're running your hand along and then all of a sudden your hand arrives at a destination and it may it's, partake it's of it's where cluttery. it has ended up i don't know right? so it could yeah. be cleavage it could be thigh it could be any number of things so we were blatant
0: about it we played right. it as a boob joke
2: of course boob, well,
0: I- and i like held this poor guy's hand to my boob and he was like Really fighting
3: to get away because I made him. See, go. I totally and, took it
1: different. I, and, I, I, how did I? What <laughs> right. no, did and you
2: take it as? Really? That's, I mean, up, well, the, up the thigh, I would assume. do butter, do
3: they? Yeah, your That's boobs really? don't make butter. Silky like butter. Well, yeah, yeah, it, your boobs the reason, don't do that.
2: The reason we went with boobs oh, it was because of the whole. We went with boobs because of the whole milk butter angle.
3: Because, oh. yes, the milk and the butter, right. yes. And I was not
2: going to put his hands there. Right.
3: Of course you, not, because but, that's But also,
2: that's level. that's the performance <laughs> angle, because in, you know, in the costume, you get to see a lot of cleavage, right? right? right you don't right. get to see any thigh. So, obviously,
3: staging-wise. It staging works way wise, better right. upstairs than it does downstairs. So.
1: <laughs> Next one. <laughs>
3: Next. Okay.
1: Next. So, I'm not going to tell you the play. We'll see. All right. I'll be a park, and thou shalt be my dear. Feed where thou wilt, on mountain or and dale, graze on my lips, and if those hills be dry, stray lower where the pleasant fountains lie. I mean okay. that's pretty. Laura, that's you say me. what it is. Shh <laughs> Laura uh,
3: Is this Love's? This is Love's,
1: right? No, no. no I, I don't
3: know it. I don't know what it's from. You didn't tell me this was gonna be a quiz. <laughs> Surprise! But
2: regardless, what does it
1: mean? So, Jackie, can yeah, you say it, is, it again? Yeah. Okay. So, um,
3: well, I know what it means, but
2: yeah. okay.
1: Well, go ahead and say what it means. I mean, it's from well, Venus. I mean, it's Venus.
3: If it if it doesn't work, if it doesn't work up top, then we we, we go further. We go further right. south. Yes.
1: Because yeah, graze on my lips, and if those hills be dry, stray lower where the where the pleasant fountains lie.
3: Where
1: the butter is. <laughs> right yes yes, that's that's, that is all
2: about foreplay right so
1: get get
2: the juices if this spot ain't working try another spot
1: right so keep moving keep moving south and you'll be fine can we just do a montage? Let's have the Barron's <laughs> men do a special montage of just double on entend- dirty double entendres, okay? And like vignettes of double dirty entendres. I, <laughs> that's next I, year's uh, Valentine's fundraiser. Right? I, I
2: suggested that's that we funny. should do a, a t-shirt of Shakespeare double entendre. First. <laughs>
3: yeah, that would be awesome uh, fundraiser. Yeah, I
2: suggested that several times actually, but quietly because not one is a fan of such things, of course. So,
0: I mean, to more to but to. To kind of go back to to uh what aaron was saying earlier with the it's all about performance and some of the things okay. for bits of the bard we did uh, for instance we did a scene from mary wives of windsor um where it really the words are not dirty i mean it's pretty much mistress quickly uh giving the 411 to Falstaff staff on the two women that he flirts with and uh, letting them know oh they'll meet you here and everything and this is what you have to do but the way we played it originally when we did it back in like 2000 and then last and then in 2019
2: 2005, I, think. I, think
0: I think it was 2005 um yeah, but so. both times we played it for the sexy bits and so something like that so i know it was really hard at least for me to find like because Quickly doesn't have a whole lot of words in there that are, that you can take as dirty, and trying to find those moments and everything, well, and I, mm-hmm. making the double entendre, making the words be in a double entendre, even though it was just saying go to the market and she'll meet you by the fountain, <laughs> kind of thing. Well,
2: I mean that's kind of when you um, <laughs> when you uh, take the cork out of the bottle, if you will, um, if you have a text or you have a play or you have, have characters. Where you have a dick joke here and a dick joke there, potentially yes. there's a dick joke everywhere, right? So even if there isn't a dick joke, you can make one, and it doesn't seem weird at all, right? No. So little
3: Shakespeare had right. a
2: farm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, es- especially with, with false staff. Same thing.
0: <laughs> where is my twin. J- <laughs> with
3: a dick joke here and a dick joke there. Here's everywhere.
2: Joke. Dick, joke, dick, joke. dick joke. Is
0: everywhere. it bad that now I'm seeing little penises with like woolly caps, like uh, sheep? And everything like that, just kind of it, is around. Is that your screen? Is that your screensaver? Or... No.
2: Well, I'm just asking, I'm asking for a friend. Right.
1: right. Oh, Lordy. Moving on. <laughs> so this one, question. This is a bonus round one. This is one when I was doing research. Um, I don't know. So I was like, anyways, we'll see what happens. But I'm gonna I'm gonna quote and read a little bit here though. Okay. Aristotle's masterpiece, also known as the works of Aristotle, the famous philosopher is a sex manual and a, and a midwife, I can't say it, midwifery wifery. book. Wifery. book That oh, yeah. was popular in England. Midwifery
3: the- is something totally different. <laughs> <laughs> sorry.
2: <but laughs> to be continued in another podcast coming soon.
1: podcast, sorry. Don't make me do it. Okay.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to try it again.
1: I'm just going to move it on. <laughs> book that was popular in England from the early modern period through to the 19th century. Is first published in 1684, so a little beyond our charter, and written by an unknown author who is falsely claimed to be Aristotle. So, <laughs> I wanted to do here's a quote from that book, and I want you to tell me what you think this is. <laughs> okay, when the husband cometh into his wife's chamber, he must entertain her with all kinds of dalliance, wanton behavior, and allurements. To is it venery? Mm-hmm. Yep, venery. Venery. But if he perceive her to be slow and more cold, he must cherish, embrace, and tickle her, intermixing more wanton kisses with wanton words and speeches, handling her secret parts and dugs, that she may take fire and be inflamed to venery. What so, are dugs? So obvious, Laura. Go ahead. So, so,
2: it, I, dude, if you come home. If your wife's in the mood, she, you're having a good time. And if she's not in the mood, you got to get her in the mood right. and you got to do all that do nonsense that women like, like to get in the mood, oh, blah, blah oh. words. Oh, honey, how was your day? I'm listening. I care about your problems.
1: Yada, yada, yada. Right. So <laughs> show me your, your dugs. <laughs> Right. <laughs> I mean, what does Doug mean? I, I no don't, dogs? don't know. Okay. I know. And, now, and I'm, such a bad, I'm such a bad host. I researched it and I don't know where I put what it was. <laughs> I think it's a boob joke. It's got to be, right?
2: What's the the context? What's the phrasing of Okay, Okay,
1: so intermixing more wanting kisses and words and speeches, handling her secret parts and dugs that she may take fire and be inflamed to venery.
3: That's, uh, That's tune in Tokyo and while you're...
0: Inflating her. Yes. Wow. Okay.
3: <laughs> Doug's. Uh, so I looked it up on Google, by the way. Yeah, okay, Doug's is the utter tit or nipple of a female animal. There you
2: go. Wow.
3: That is the Google.
2: So, for Dugs. so then that implies the secret parts are your.
3: <clears throat> the other thing. Yes. You, you, other. Got two,
2: you, you got two Down hands there, at work.
3: The up there. You only yeah. got one secret part. Well, maybe. No. You only got one secret part. <laughs> <laughs> that.
2: For a different time. Coming soon to a podcast near you.
1: Different, different it, podcast. It is interesting to listen to the language. I mean, so this is written in 1684 mm-hmm. and was still used uh, like through to the 19th century and I love it when I love the way this song is when I read this I'm, I might need to get this book I don't know I really want to see read it because it's pretty interesting like into his wife's chamber he must entertain her with all kinds of dalliance wanton behavior and allurements to venery what is venery again uh google it x v-e-n-e-r-y lasciviousness Listen, okay but Basically. if he, perceive, I love it. But if he perceives her to be slow and more cold, you know, he must perish, embrace, and tickle her. Now, tickle is probably not meaning tickle, tickle.
2: I, or maybe I kind of took like you know, g- reach in, give her a hug, give her a little tickle, try to make her laugh, try to make her playful, mm-hmm. etc. I mean, <laughs> I,
1: I, oh, is that where slapping a tickle comes ah! from? Oh my god! That okay. probably does. Maybe so. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: uh, all <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> well, we kind of talked a little bit about Chase Made in Cheapside, which um, hopefully we're, we'll read someday. I mean, it's and what I did read. It's, it's fun. It's a, fun it's, it's a lot of fun. It yeah. is. Read, I want to do. I'm <laughs> ready to play a slut. <laughs> play? Okay. Wait. Oh. <laughs> Um. Okay,
3: we're writing
2: that down for the casting couch. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, <laughs> <laughs> damn, I
1: missed a casting
2: couch. Damn
1: joke. it. No. What, what would you say? What is y'all's like favorite? This what's your it, favorite? What? Well, you, oh, no, no. I mean, that's probably. <laughs> wait, when was the comic written written? Written Witten? It was, it was oh, it, it's it, thousands
2: of years ago. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I,
1: I, yeah. Yeah. Do you think, this is a dumb question, but I'm sure there was Kama Sutra. Little, you know, books that were printed. They were hidden away. What, what were they doing,
0: Jackie?
1: I know this was for the <laughs> viewers.
0: Hidden Thin away. Thin away. Uh, were there was,
2: were, was there period erotica? I have no doubt there was period erotica. Of course, erotica. Yeah, clearly, not. yes.
1: Well, um, it would be interesting to find that. It would be. I mean, that's why this book manual, well, is a manual. Well, I mean, very in the days
2: before the printing press, I mean, you had to lovingly handcraft it, if you will. So, I mean,
1: or
3: pass it down um, by word of mouth. Yeah.
1: <laughs> no, well done. Well done. By no. Well done. <laughs> Do y'all have a branching uh, 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 line of your own? Say that again. What's do you have a favorite raunchy line of your own that you uh, yeah the- what's your favorite smutty shakespeare uh, bit
2: the, um, when you guys were talking about um this podcast the the first thing that came into mind um was and it's not really a raunchy line but it's when uh the baron's men um did i think laura this might have been one of your first shows with us the oh, london what? merchant which is also known as the Night of the burning yes. pestle yes and we didn't understand pestle p-e-s-t-l-e and, and of course, those of us, um, kind of like Lee was saying earlier, before we really kind of got in the swing of how this works or whatever, we were doing a lot of research. Oh, the night of the, the burning pestle, burning pestle. Yeah, oh, a burning yeah. pestle, yeah. A bur- like a mortar and pestle, of course, yeah, is yeah. what yeah. you used it, to grind. It, you know, yeah, yeah. A, the, night, the night of the burning pestle is about a penis that is dripping with fluid from the venereal disease. So the night of it, it the burning was. pestle is about a lecherous old dude who's got so much VD going on that his that he's got pus dripping out of his dick. Is, is how that works. So I no longer want to do this asked, play. Since you asked, that's the first thing I thought of when you said, "What's your favorite raunchy?" Because because that was so early in my career with the Baronsman, and I've never so forgotten weird. it. It's like, oh, that is just that is just so your brain beautiful. Horrible, but beautiful. And Laura, yeah. you remember the the pestle that you made? I think you made it, right? No, or no, I
3: didn't make it. Pam made
2: it. Uh, Pam made it. Um, and in fact, I think it's in my garage. Now that I say that, I found it. I, I think it might Dr. be artifacts. Oh, yeah. Um So it's, it's actually artifacts. it's actually like a um, a cudgel. Yeah. You know, it's it's you know, it's got a it's got a cone and a bow on top, and it's, it's got it's ribbons like the, uh, out of the top. It's
3: like the Olympic torch. Yes. Ah! It's just like the Olympic torch. well, I've seen that.
2: Yep, yes. that's that was the burning pestle. Yeah,
3: yes. yeah, yeah. And, and on stage, they beat people with it. I mean,
2: yep. Uh, wow. yeah, the person that was
3: playing,
2: yep. <laughs> the- like it was a cudgel. Ah. They used it as a as a club, yes. et cetera, Absolutely. So. Yes. Now, of course, the play obviously great had nothing had nothing to do with uh, a night, but the the imagery. Um, that's why it had two names: the London Merchant, AKA the Night of the Burning Pestle, not yeah. Shakespeare, but ah,
1: uh, yeah. yeah. No. Nice. I love that. What about one you, Laura? <laughs> oh God, I, I would have to. I would have to research it. I, I, <laughs> or like a context. What of a, a moment in a play or something that you were like, whoa. Uh, I, I mean one one of my
3: favorite favorite things is is actually Malvolio when he is reading the letter that he thinks is from Olivia
2: but
0: it wasn't it
2: was from mariah
3: i know and and it's it's great because he's so full of himself at this time
2: (laughs) he thinks he's getting a love letter
3: yes yes and and it's it's totally it's it's totally a a trick and it's
0: uh oh and his response malvolio's response to that love letter that he got yes if you would like to see the wondrous thing that our lovely erinina did (laughs) Go over to our website to the uh, to our past shows and look up Twelfth Night. There is a video there, and (laughs) there is a video there that has it on there, and it is wonderful. in
2: in my defense, it was a lot of years ago. (laughs) Yes, and I had um, two uh, devils on my shoulder off stage that night who who convinced me to do nothing but evil. The the infamous
3: the infamous. So I have I have. um,
2: that was one of my have, favorite parts uh, of that entire show. Them,
3: Aaron, and, and you certainly had that that night. You had it <laughs> thrust upon you.
2: And 2009. It was,
3: every they,
0: night it got
2: bigger they, they, they and better. upon other
3: people. So That's awesome. great.
2: <laughs> I, I, I didn't know, and just as a, as a teaser, I did not know what the phrase drop it like it's hot meant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it had to had be
0: backstage. So there you go. <laughs> In full <laughs> Elizabethan, wearing hoop skirts, had to show him how right. to drop it like it's hot. And I'm like, oh, no,
2: like... you're kidding, right? And then I, I, I can't remember which of you did it first, but one of you did it. I'm like, what? You're kidding. Yeah, then yeah. the other did it, and it's like, oh no, clearly we all know oh, this. Wow. I'm like, oh, they, all right.
3: Both know how to do that.
2: Yeah. Clearly, that's the thing. <laughs> oh, no, but you embraced probably, it, baby. Yeah, that's probably by far it.
3: my favorite, like my
0: favorite. We, scene yeah. on, on.
3: We may
2: have to add a link. <laughs> to the podcast
0: yes, yes i will put a link to the video yes. in the yeah. youtube uh information <laughs> yes. I, I have such oh, mixed feelings
2: about about this this living in infamy and this never being seen again
0: <laughs> <laughs> i remember just every single night mm. it got bigger and bigger and more so to speak lavered. So, to speak, so no to speak. and speak. <laughs> By the time we got to the last weekend, the entire cast, who was not coming on, immediately following it. Yes, was standing yeah, that. I looked yeah.
2: one night, I, we looked out and I saw yeah. that that is the entire. there's nobody backstage. That is the stage manager. Yeah, that absolutely. is the costumer. That is every single cast member yeah, out there all watching of us. All of us from the ground. And
0: poor Bridget. <laughs> she was standing here putting her head in my shoulder looking like she's supposed to be she's like shaking like she's supposed to be offended by what he's doing but the entire time she's going i'm gonna kill him i'm gonna kill him it it was
3: such a great moment and and to know to know like what happened uh you know in in the backstage prior to that and what it turned out to be And and then again how the audience reacted to it like uh, i mean it's it was perfection honestly it really uh, was, they, it was it a great had moment. no idea that was coming and and it, I it absolutely, and neither did you yeah no. and and uh it, it absolutely played the the words beautifully to, it to did. what, to what it the did. situation was honestly
0: awesome. it was yeah. great it
3: good job yeah um,
0: jackie what's your favorite I don't know. Always asking the questions, but now you in the spot.
1: That's because that's a, for another podcast. <laughs> no, I don't know. I mean, I don't really have one, honestly. Um,
3: There's so many to choose from. Really.
2: Yeah, I mean, I any, guess any, anything like, can be a raunchy line too. So it's yeah, exactly.
3: We, we uh, you know, we uh, we, uh, we pride ourselves on on
0: on finding
3: the the
0: raunch in all
3: of our no, no
1: problems yeah, we do. Yep. Lee, what's
0: yours? Um, it would probably have to be uh, Hamlet. And the reason why is I love the, the fact that Hamlet is well known for its tragedy and sadness and everything of all of the characters. I mean, everybody dies pretty much at the end. Um, but in the middle of all of this, you have, you have Hamlet, who's supposed to be the most emo person on the planet and everything, talking dirty to a girl that he has professed that he has loved his entire life. And he's talking just like, and it's not just a, I'd like to tap that or anything, but it's like a, let's go to bed so I can get between your legs and do this kind of thing. So I just like that that weird dichotomy of mm. the tragedy and then the raunch. Yeah. Mm. Very cool. I mean, there's... Uh- pick a play. There's, there, there's
3: runs yeah. in
2: everything. Well, Absolutely, and, and all, and of, all of Shakespeare, for sure. For sure. Yeah. yeah. To varying levels. So, yeah. oh
0: yeah. Well, I think we're probably reaching the end of this one.
2: Uh, so we're, at the, we're at the climax, if you will. <laughs> yes, we are at the climax. <laughs>
0: we're, Thank we're you and Laura yeah. for being such good sports for us. Um, and we will see you on March 3rd for our, the season opener of the podcast. So see Ooh, you. Happy there. Valentine's Day, y'all! Happy Valentine's, happy Valentine's
3: Day.